Last week, someone told me Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team. The truth of that statement turns out to be more complicated. Jordan was not cut from the team because he never made it in the first place. He played JV. That demotion made him more determined than ever. And in no time, people were packing the gym to watch him score 40 points a game. I'm interested in failure because after throwing myself into grappling last year, I discovered that simulating murder with sociopaths 30 pounds heavier than me is not the formula for success I had imagined. Turns out it was literally a staggering experience. I've been hurt many times, but I've never been injured. The difference is profound. A minor operation, some rest and intermittent rehab later, I returned to the mat to drill and eventually to fight, which is known as rolling in the sport. Oddly, despite the time off, my jiu-jitsu appears to have actually improved. I was relaxed. I kept my cool and breathed well. If a position wasn't working, I just abandoned it and tried something else out. I believe this is because I have taken the outcome out of rolling. After all, I had no expectations to do well after months off. Like standing up and hitting a great drive after not playing golf for months, it came easy and was even fun. So, mindset is important. Learning something in jiu-jitsu is consequential because it is a fundamentally honest activity. When you lose, you must tap out or face injury, unconsciousness, potentially shitting yourself, perhaps all three. This forced honesty is instructive, and those lessons can be applied elsewhere in your life. A second unique feature of jiu-jitsu is the ability to build mutual trust quickly, alongside your own character refinement and development. It's unforgivable to hurt your training partner. That's part of the magic. We go to the point of harm, succeed or fail, learn and iterate. Lastly, survival information exchanged in groups appears to have a comforting effect. It builds community. Whether that is true or not, when someone teaches you something that helps in hardship, it's a fine thing indeed. So, experience and reflection are powerful, but without analysis, useless. Napoleon's horse fought in dozens of battles in several campaigns, but no one would describe him as an expert. By contrast, the Japanese hero Miyamoto Musashi fought 59 duels, then meditated on them for 10 years before writing The Book of Five Rings. We are not him, yet we can learn and improve from his example. I also realized I had never really enjoyed fighting before. It was just something you did if you had an older brother. Yet now a sort of joy for the sport has come over me. Recent training sessions have given me a better high than any drugs I've ever taken. And I've taken a lot. My return to the gym made me interested in other examples of failure. Who else lost a battle but ended up winning a war? If defeat isn't the opposite of success, but some sort of symbiosis with it, what exactly is the link between success and failure? And time? Heraclea is a fine example here. At the Battle of Heraclea, the Romans were defeated. However, with discipline and superior organization, they were able to rebuild and ultimately defeat King Pyrrhus. Hence the term... Pyrrhic victory. Let's run through some more recent examples. Einstein's teachers labeled him mentally slow. He didn't speak until he was almost five and was later expelled. Edison was told he was too stupid to learn anything, but then went on to invent the light bulb. Winston Churchill failed the sixth grade and was beaten in every election he contested until becoming PM. Vincent van Gogh only sold one painting during his lifetime, but today his art is worth billions. At 30, Steve Jobs was fired, 
but came back to save his company from the fringes of bankruptcy, then to make it one of the most successful and innovative places of all time. Henry Ford had multiple businesses fail before mastering the assembly line. Beethoven was deaf. They wanted to have the man committed who came up with the idea of television. They called Nelson Mandela a terrorist, and perhaps they called Jackie Robinson worse. It's very tempting to look at all these examples and concentrate on the contemporary environment or public adversity the individuals faced. This is encapsulated nicely by pointing out that if you put a crab in a bucket, it will crawl out. But if you put lots of crabs in a bucket, they pull each other down every time one starts to escape. And if the first crab continues to try, the other crabs break its leg. And that certainly used to be true, but it's not the case today. Today we live in a country that is essentially self-sufficient in energy, food, and national defense, with a culture of individualism that has quite rightly dominated the world. You already won several improbable lotteries. After all, the chance of even being born in the first place is one in 400 trillion. But on top of that, you were born in a country where you can speak freely and own a gun. Let's say that again. You already won the biggest lottery of all. In poker terms, you drew 153 million consecutive royal flushes for the right to fly through the universe on an organic spaceship 24,000 miles wide with a nuclear explosion chasing you. So, if you're worried about failing at something, you're already losing. Take the outcome out of it. It's all in your head. Reassess if necessary, but reboot. Get back on the mat. Ask those girls out. Go to work. Get some.